Greetings, everyone. Dan Saunders here, welcoming you to the 22nd DNP Quick Take here on the Dynamic Nonprofits feed. And this is where, in a few minutes, sometimes a little bit more, I give you uh, my hot take on a hot button issue in the world of fundraising. And today we are going to talk about uh, an issue which is uh, has been concerning to everyone in fundraising who is acquiring monthly donors, which is to say most fundraisers, most nonprofits at this point, um, monthly giving, recurring giving has become such a big part of the sector um, and has experienced uh, so much growth over the last few years that um, MasterCard's new regulations really created a, a stir. And uh, we're, we're going to dig into them. I'm going to tell you what I think about them. Um, but more importantly, I'm going to uh, talk about why we should think less about compliance, even though we just got a, a six-month um, waiver period, which, which we'll talk about. Um, and more about this as an innovation opportunity. Is this a moment for forced innovation in the nonprofit sector? Um, but first, let's give a recap uh, about the uh, regulations. And uh, we're going to do that by going through an article from our friends over at Nonprofit Pro. Uh, this article is by Amanda Cole. And uh, it, it reads, there has been a lot of confusion over how MasterCard's new subscription billing regulations will affect nonprofits. Nonprofits, platforms, and processors were unsure if the rules even applied to nonprofits. On the nonprofit side, organizations are scrambling to be compliant. However, they were reluctant to implement new costly strategies until they were sure they applied to nonprofits. Others had no clue the new regulation deadline was looming. On Friday, MasterCard extended the deadline for its new recurring donor payment regulations by six months for nonprofits, according to the Nonprofit Alliance, which met with MasterCard officials a week prior to get clarification on the new rules and explain the new strain they ha could have on the sector. Nonprofits now have until March 21st, 2023 to become compliant. Um, uh, first, with uh, as Amanda mentioned in her article, a uh, big hat tip to our friends over at the Nonprofit Alliance, uh, Shannon McCrack and her team doing amazing work on the nonprofit sector's behalf and uh, making sure that MasterCard was aware of the negative impact this could have on giving, uh, as is so often the case, whether there's a new rule or regulation or a law that Congress is thinking about passing, um, very often uh, nonprofit giving is kind of just lumped in with other marketing practices, and those who are implementing these regulations uh, are not aware. Um, and as most of us were not aware of of the issues of the sector before we worked in it, um, of just how much it could impact some very important causes. Um, I'm going to skip down a little bit here to um, uh, to pick up and 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 go through a refresher here about exactly what these rules are and what they're requiring from nonprofit organizations. On August 19th, a MasterCard spokesperson vowed to look into the confusion regarding whether nonprofits needed to comply with the rules for Nonprofit Pro, but that spokesperson did not provide clarification or respond to subsequent emails following up for a comment for this article. Here's a look at the new rules and what your nonprofit needs to do to comply. Number one, disclose the recurring gift terms. Nonprofits must disclose the donor's selected amount and frequency when requesting the credit card information and on any payment summary web pages, according to MasterCard's new regulations. They must. They also must have donors accept those terms directly on the page before completing the donation. Number two, 
email the donor immediately and after each gift processes. Immediately after the donor signs up for the recurring giving, the nonprofit must send an email with the terms as well as how to cancel the recurring gift per MasterCard rules. The nonprofit must continue to send a donation confirmation with terms and cancellation instructions after each successful billing. Number three, set up an online cancellation method. Nonprofits must create a way for donors to manage their subscriptions online according to MasterCard regulations. It can be similar to an email unsubscribe process or an individual account they can log into to manage the recurring gift. The nonprofit should also include a link to manage or cancel recurring gifts on its homepage. The Nonprofit Alliance indicated further clarification is needed on this one since many nonprofits do not provide sustain, sustainers logins to manage their recurring gifts. This profile management ability is often associated with subscriptions such as streaming services. So again, there you see one of those rules um, where it's a, a blanket rule that um, envelops the nonprofit sector along with commercial subscription services, um, does not take into account that... Uh, Many nonprofits, perhaps most nonprofits, don't have um, subscription management services that their donors easily have access to. Um, so certainly some clarification is needed there, but um, not a clear and concise rule um, for certain as it pertains to nonprofits. Um, what's next? MasterCard has not disclosed penalties for noncompliant nonprofits or merchants, McCracken said. That's Shannon McCracken. Um, she noted that Nonprofits want to be compliant, and now they know the rules apply to them. They will begin that process and offer this advice. Work with your processors, your platforms, your agencies, because this rule applies to every nonprofit that has recurring donors. So learn from other processes or systems that are being put into place for other nonprofits like you who are working with those same partners, uh, McCracken said. We should be looking for some efficiencies here. We should not all be re creating the wheels within our own shops. Um, so that is um, something I certainly agree with that a, a big part of this, uh, getting through this is going to be collaboration, information sharing within the sector uh, to make it easier for everyone. Um, so first, my thoughts on the rules. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, rented land when we're talking about uh, social media, that um, when you're operating on platforms that are owned by another party or another party owns the relationships that they could change the rules at any time. And, there's, and you really have no recourse on that because um, you're interacting with your donors and your supporters. Um, you're at the mercy of the terms and conditions of that platform provider. Um, payment processors are really no different um, in that. A payment processor um, calls the shots and they can change the rules at any time to um, to to force you to to comply and um, say what you want about uh, EFTs and uh, checks. Um, you know, 70% of uh, donations by many measures that I've seen recently are, are still made um, via check. And this is one thing to keep in mind, and I, I agree that um, modern payment means uh, e-wallets are important wave of the future for nonprofits and engaging uh, newer, younger donors and giving more uh, giving options to donors, very important. But it's also important to remember that each of these payment platforms, when you take on a new payment uh, option, 
has its own rules and can change those rules at their whim. Now, on the surface, do I think this is a good way uh, to encourage better uh, donation practices? Um, I don't, um, for the same reason that uh, rules and regulations that uh, get put onto companies often do not have the intended effect, because what happens is, is when you layer on a lot of red tape, uh, whether it's a for-profit company or nonprofit organization, um, what you're going to have is the small shops, the mid-sized shops are going to struggle to comply. Um, the big shops, the big companies have teams of lawyers dedicated to this, and they're probably not going to have much of an issue complying. And this is the kind of thing that um, sounds good in principle, but in practice, it always has a disproportionate impact on smaller shops um, where there's more uncertainty that can create inertia, or they simply have bandwidth issues uh, to comply with these regulations. Um, why MasterCard is doing this? Um, clearly, this is in response to um, uh, subscription practices where uh, it, it's not always clear to the buyer that they're signing up for a recurring subscription. Uh, it certainly is... Um, uh, an issue on the on the commercial side. Um, it's something that has gained more attention on the nonprofit side as uh, recurring giving has become uh, a bigger part of fundraising for all different types of causes, uh, in particular uh, political fundraising. This was something that made a lot of headlines last cycle. Um, it, it caught a lot of attention from the Trump campaign, but it is something that has been happening on both sides where there is a, a monthly giving option that is not uh, crystal clear or is embedded uh, in a lot of other language where donors don't realize that they're signing up for a monthly gift. Um, and uh, they, they make a one-time gift and then find out later on that uh, they, in fact, are getting billed uh, monthly for it. Uh, so that might be the genesis of this. I, I would not be surprised um, because that did create waves and from MasterCard's standpoint, this is a way to reduce the number of chargebacks of unhappy customers who look back in six months and uh, six months down the line realize they've been getting charged by a nonprofit and uh, want to then dispute those charges. It's a way to cut down on disputes. Um, how much of an issue this is as it pertains to political fundraising versus nonprofit fundraising? That I'm not sure about, but as monthly giving um, becomes a bigger part of what we do in the sector, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the number of complaints um, uh, increase over practices that may be entirely legitimate, such as defaulting to a monthly giving option. But you know, donors don't necessarily read everything uh, as as you know as closely as they should, right? How many of us? Uh, you know, read the Apple iTunes uh, terms and conditions. You know, before we we opt into them. So that's you know that that's a that's a consumer wide issue where there are things that are entirely legitimate, um, but people feel like they're misled, and that's probably the type of thing that Mastercard is trying to get ahead of here. But again, whether this is going to have the attended impact or whether it's just going to create headaches and inertia for lots of valuable causes, uh, that remains to be seen. Um, I tend to be very buyer beware on this kind of thing. I've been caught by it myself. Um, I signed up for a trial offer for, uh, Sirius XM radio. 
uh, I didn't realize or I didn't read the fine print that it would be converted into a monthly subscription offer. I didn't realize till I looked at my bank statement that uh, the $30 for six months all of a sudden became a, a $19.99 monthly payment. And then I had to call and that was on me because I didn't read it, the offer closely enough. So I've been caught by this stuff myself. Um, but sometimes that happens to consumers. They feel misled. They want to dispute the charges. Um, so I, I, my attitude tends to be buyer beware that regulations are not the way to, to get ahead of this. I think we need to self-police as a nonprofit sector and call out um, companies and vendors who are engaging in practices that are going to raise the ire of payment providers and Congress um, because ultimately it uh, makes fundraising harder for everyone. It, it, it uh, hurts donor trust and it makes it uh, more difficult to fundraise because it creates more bureaucracy, more red tape. So it's really incumbent on us on a sector to look at uh, deceptive practices and to call them out and um, to try to get ahead of it as an industry. But as things evolve, I, I'm sure MasterCard will not be the last payment provider that enacts these types of regulations. So with that, um, I think this is an opportunity, and it may be an opportunity for nonprofits not to just make the best of the uh, the MasterCard situation, because part of the response that I've heard from this is that, well, MasterCard is a small percentage of our donations, um, and uh, this makes the case for shifting donors to EFTs, and we know that EFT monthly donors are more valuable than, than credit card donors. Um, but I think that that misses the forest through the trees on this. Um, and, and I say that because I go back to an interview that I had with Eric Wastorp, who is also uh, quoted in this um, in this article, which, which I'll share in the show notes. Um, Erica is, you know, really the maven of monthly giving. Uh, she's written two books on the topic. Uh, she's been working in monthly giving um, for decades, really a predominant thought leader. And what she had said in our interview was uh, she discouraged uh, nonprofit clients from sending a receipt to uh, their monthly givers. Um, and, and, and that re word receipt was very intentional because she wasn't saying don't acknowledge the transaction. She was saying use it as an opportunity to, to share a story or to remind the donor of the impact because what screams transactional relationship more than a receipt or a billing statement. And if you're sending that to your donors, that's the message you're sending is that this is a transactional relationship and we're billing you for it every month, as opposed to thanks to the generosity of monthly donors like you, um, we're able to do this. We're able to help this many people. We couldn't do it without your support. And then at the bottom of it, if you'd like to opt out, here's how you do that. And the opt out part is the part that's creating the most concern from what I hear is that we're making the process uh, monthly giving easier to opt out of. And, and part of the, uh, one of the reasons why monthly donors are so valuable is because the opt out rates are, are so low. Um, you know, you're talking about 90% retention rates uh, versus 30 to 40% retention rates, um, even lower than that for first time donors. Um, and my, my question is, what does that say about your relationship if um, inserting an opt-out link into an email is what's going to cause your donors to stop giving. There has to be a way around that. There has to be a way to, to dress up that opt-out 
in a, a positive reinforcement about the gift that there are, that the donor, that the, the, the difference that the donor's gift is making. And if we're able to do that and move away from this transactional, hey, your do monthly donation was just processed or no reminder at all. And the donor forgets and then looks at their credit card statement 12 months later and said, oh yeah, I forgot that I did that. Um, you can make that monthly reminder a positive experience as opposed to a pain point and saying, hey, we just hit your credit card. So that's what I would encourage um, listeners, fundraisers uh, to think about uh, doing in the six months period is, uh, of course, you want to comply, but don't worry about compliance so much as using this as an opportunity to innovate and to test and and, and test over the six-month period what a difference it makes with your donors. Look at your existing strategy of what you send your donor, your monthly donors every month, and then try testing, uh, try testing some positive reinforcement where you're reminding them of their impact. You're telling a story along with that monthly email, and see what that does for your retention rates, and and, and also make sure it's it's compliant. The A/B test, so you can measure it against what you're currently doing now. And um, what you'll probably find is that if you use the monthly giving reminder as an opportunity to remind the donor of the good that they're doing, you probably won't get as many opt-outs as you think. And um, these new rules for MasterCard, which again, we anticipate more of them coming down the pike, it could be a positive opportunity for the nonprofit sector to uh, create a, a more fulfilling relationship with more positive reinforcement with our donors. And who knows, um, this piece of forced innovation, it could end up improving retention rates if we handle it, um, if we handle it in an innovative way, as opposed to what we're all concerned about. And sometimes forced innovation is the best kind.